insulation? Can you imagine? But there's, there's something about those ten roofs. Thank you, Lord. You're, I love you. I love you. Amen. Well, I want to get into the word this morning, but I'm, I'm trying to remember how to preach. It's, today has been one month since I've preached because we had Pastor Marshall here with that great revival, and then Antarctica came in, and the snowstorm, and then we went to Costa Rica, and so I'm going to try to see if I can pick it up again. Amen? But what a great message last, last week from Pastor Mario. Amen? How many got blessed by that message last week? Amen? Phenomenal message. And uh, as I said, Carl and I got to go down and see her family in Costa Rica, and we do our health checkups down there. Everything's good. We got a good, clean bill of health, got our blood work, and just went to the doctor and dentist and different things. It's cheaper down there. And uh, we have our doctors down there that we know, and so um, got to minister to her, fam- to her family as well and just spend time with them, so God is good. Amen. We also celebrated 27 years of marriage uh, this last week. Amen. So we're going to kind of be all over the place with this series. I mentioned this in the first service, but I'm going to say something a little different. We've kind of been uh, hit and miss since I started at the beginning of the year with this signs of the times. And so the revivals and the services being canceled. And I mentioned in the first service that I didn't have a message this morning for the signs of the times. But as I began to preach it, I realized that this is really a good message for the signs of the times. So it really is kind of on point with the series that we've been in. And uh, we'll be continuing that next week. And one of the things that I want to talk about this morning is uh, a rule. How many like rules? Anybody like rules? Right? How many don't like rules? How many can raise your hand for both? I think that's all of us, right? We like rules, but we don't like rules, but we need rules. Try going out in the street after this, and, or try going to another country, uh, like Costa Rica or, or an African country or uh, me- down in Mexico where there's, uh, or Russia where there's not a lot of uh, order and, and you're trying to figure out where to go and there's no lines. So rules are good. But I got one rule for you, just one today, and I'm going to preach about it. And it's this, if you're taking notes. Rule number one. Got it? Rule number one. Just one rule. Lord put this on my heart this week and in my spirit, and that rule is never make God number two. Did you get that? Amen. See, God stopped the rain so we could hear him. Amen. Rule number one, never make God number two. The Bible tells us that God is a jealous God, that he doesn't share his glory with anyone. And so if we understand that, what God is wanting us to have in our lives is an understanding that he need, our life needs to revolve around him. And one of the areas that in, is a very difficult area to make God number one is in our finances. Can I get an amen? Uh, I want to I I get you to think this morning about how hard it is sometimes for our, our wallets to get saved. Amen. We, a lot of times we get saved, but our wallets don't get saved. Is, anybody, is there a guy here that would, would, would let me have their wallet? Oh, several. Wow. Okay. Now, which one of you has the most money in it? Pastor Mario, I want your wallet. He raised his hand. So, hey, it, it went well for me in the first service. So, I'm gonna, we're not filming right now, so no big deal. Thank you. Ooh, nice. <laughs> big skinny. Speaking of that... The wall that I have is called the Big Skinny, and Pastor Mario gave it to me a bunch of years ago. Do I get to, can I open it? That's smart to have a zipper on it. Oh, yeah, it's always good when there's cash in there. (laughs) Always good. Well, I'm going to leave it open. We get saved a lot of times, and we get delivered from drugs and alcohol and, and perversity and hatred and violence and all these different things, and a lot of times the last thing that gets saved, and sometimes never gets saved, is the wallet because money is a stronghold amen so i want to talk a little bit about that this morning because as we come into this year and as we came out of last year i believe that god wants to do miracle things in our finances now this goes across the board this rule right it's in every area of our lives but we're going to see in scriptures here in a minute that in this area of finances as i even mentioned that some of you are like man i shouldn't have invited them today I knew that that this was the wrong service. Or some of you are like, oh, here we go. There's all kinds of thoughts that we can have. And if that's the thought process, let God help you a little bit this morning. Amen? 
Because one of the things that I learned a lot of years ago from my pastor in discipleship, and he used to say it all the time, and I believe it more now than I ever have, is that God is not trying to get money from us. God is trying to get money to us. Do you believe that? How many know that God is our Father, and He's a good Father? And he, he, He's a God that wants to bless His children, and so he, he does expect things of us, but what He really wants is He wants there to be an abundance of, of, of blessings and flow in our lives so that we can be a blessing to other people. So as I focus on this, if you're taking notes, write this down. Money is very spiritual. Money is very spiritual. You'll see why by the time the message is over. You know, as we watch that video, and Pastor Dylan in Tanzania, I, I wanted to get something from it, and I'll show it in the coming weeks. Um, and it's something happening in Mexico as well. How many remember last year during the pandemic? And I just want to say this for anybody. Uh, we're having troubles with the Internet, and we're not going to film this morning, but we'll get this online or on the podcast. So if you know anybody that needs it after, it'll be up on our website to share the podcast, okay? But as we're doing this and as we're sharing um, this message and thinking about this, what God has done last year, we saw in this church miracle finances, miracle finances in a year and this is just in case someone doesn't know in a year when people were losing their jobs and and being demoted and people were having struggles and and all these things we saw people in our church getting promotions we saw people starting businesses we saw people buying houses and in our church more finances came in last year than we've ever had in the history of our church during a pandemic that's not by accident it's because we understand that God is number one and his, his finances in our lives are number one. And what's happening, the reason people are able to buy houses and get jobs and flourish and all this is because people are starting to get the concept of tithing and giving offerings and sowing into places like Costa Rica and Mexico and, and Tanzania and Czech Republic. And so on Mission Sunday, I want to clarify this because I said it Wednesday. Something happened last year, and we did it by the grace of God, that I believe caused to have this increase. Every year since we started this church, we've been a missions-minded church. We're, I'm a missionary. Pastor Mario and Dianza were missionaries. We know what it is to be on the mission field and be the ones sending the videos. So no one's more passionate about it than us. So we've always taken up missions offerings, and we've always had mission Sundays. Back in the day when the kids were in the service more, we'd have kids line up the front and bring their change and all that, and we've kind of a different dynamic now today, but it's still Mission Sunday. And what would happen certain years is we would take up our Mission Sunday's offerings, but sometimes because of a revival or sometimes because of a situation happening or, or Thanksgiving or whatever, different things would happen, we would miss a month. Not on purpose, but last year the Holy Spirit spoke to me very clearly in January. And he said, I want you to make sure you don't miss a month of missions this year. And every single month, January, February, March, all, the year, all, the, all year, we made sure we gave a missions offering. There's a, a pastor in Florida who wrote a book called Why Some Churches Are Blessed. I want you to know this morning that the reason God is blessing our church is because we're giving to missions. We are sending money across the waters, amen, and we are supporting works around the world. And so we have seen God bring an increase to us in our personal finances and in the church finances because of that. But church, I want you to look at the person next to you and say, God's not done yet. Do you believe that? Young people, God can put money in your hands. Miracle money, amen? God can teach us principles, and he wants us to learn some things. So as we watched that video, I wanted to get from Pastor Dylan, because you might remember last year, we helped them remodel their house. And a great thing happened where they were able to move out of the house that they were renting because we sowed seed, and we took up an offering, and you gave what you gave, and we gave what we gave, and we were able to help them remodel. And you should see this house. It's beautiful. And the reason that we didn't show it is because... He's kind of embarrassed to show his house. It's so nice looking. How many know, how many know is that one of the good things about a right heart is when you see somebody else get blessed, you're happy for them? Did y'all hear what I just said? You're happy for them. And I, and I look at that house. It's not a humongous house, but, man, they, it's amazing what they took that money with and did. It's beautiful. And they have this beautiful yard and everything. And so I'll show you eventually some pictures how God has brought. And now they don't have to pay any rent. How many would like to not have rent or a mortgage? Amen? Wouldn't that be amazing? They don't have to pay rent. So now every month, instead of paying maybe, I don't know what it is, $1,000 to rent, that's going towards the ministry. Because we were able to remodel that house for them. 
Then Mexico City. Remember last year we took up money for an offering for Mexico City, our home church in Mexico City. And they were able to build that building. They just finished the building. Amen. It is done. And they had their first service last week. It's beautiful. That's because we sowed seed into that country. Those things don't happen by accident. And, and, and we can do more together than we can ever do by ourselves. How many believe that? We took up that. They've, they've had that land for years and have not been able to build that church. But because people came together and collectively we all put our money together, now they're having church. And, they're, and listen, you, some of you may never go to Mexico City, but every time you send money, you're going in your finances. And church is happening. And souls are getting saved and lives are being changed through money. That's why money is spiritual. Now let's get into the scriptures a little bit this morning and, and look at a, a key verse. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. A key verse. This is, this is where it all comes together. It says, seek first the kingdom. That's why it says, rule number one, never put God or make God number two. Seek first the kingdom of God. And we're going to leave this up here for a second because I want, to, I want you to get this. God wants us to understand that our lives are different now. If we're believers in the, in the blood of Jesus Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ, Paul said, it is no longer I that live, but Christ that lives within me. And so we see that even in the, when the kingdom of God started, there was a price paid. How many know that the reason we're saved this morning is because God paid a price? You say, well, we're talking about money this morning. God paid a price. He sent his son. And the Bible actually says we have been bought with a price, with the blood of Jesus Christ. He didn't just give money, he gave his life so that we could be saved this morning. And so there's something about sacrifice, and I believe that what God wants us to do this year, and it, this, uh, this, uh, this year in 2021, is, is, is sacrificial giving, tr stepping out and doing more than we've ever done before to see God do more than he's ever done before. How many want to see God do more in 2021? People get saved, lives be changed. So we, if we get this, he says, I've got, I've got this principle, God says. He says, if you'll seek my kingdom first, and it won't be about you. I won't touch you, tell the person next to you, it's not about you. Now, some of you are like, oh, thank you for that. I've been, I've been mean to tell you that, amen? It's not all about you. Some of you told your spouse that on the way to church this morning. <laughs> and you're like, I told you. It's not about you, amen? It's not about us. It's about Jesus. It's about the gospel. Amen. It's about the kingdom of God. And when we seek his kingdom first, when we are kingdom-minded, God-minded, he says, listen, if you'll get that attitude, he says, I've got a promise for you. Watch what the next rest of that verse says. He says, if you'll seek my kingdom and my righteousness, then all these things. How many need things? Things. Things. Clothes place to live, a car to drive, a job to have, things maybe that are a hobby, things that are for enjoyment, things that are to help other people, things. He says, if you'll put my kingdom first, if you'll make me number one and never put me number two, I will give you a promise that all the things you need will be added unto you. And I can tell you as a personal testimony, all the years that I've been saved now, that when you keep God first, he always adds unto you all the things that you need. Amen? And that's what I want to teach you this morning. Now, here, here's the flip side. This is why money is spiritual. Let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 to 10. How many know attitude is everything? I've got a thing in my office that says attitude is everything. Pick a good one. Amen? Attitude is everything. Pick a good attitude. So having the right attitude about life and things is where God can begin to do stuff with you. Some of you might have been raised in a home of stinginess or, or greed, or maybe you were raised in a home with a poverty mentality or a rich mentality, or you were raised a certain way. God wants to, he doesn't want to brainwash you, but he wants to, re, he wants to change your thinking. He wants you to start to think like he thinks, Okay. And he says, godliness with contentment is great gain. When you get to a place where you realize what I have is what God wants me to have, there's a great gain there. Okay? There are going to be times when you're going to lack. There are going to be times when you have more than enough. Paul actually said, I know what it is to have nothing. I know what it is to have much. But I have made a decision that whether I have much or I have little, I will be content. I mean, no, that's a good place to be. Okay? 
Now, one thing I want to say right off the bat here, and this is something I say a lot, and some of you will be able to finish it for me, is this. I'm not saying any of these things here about money or finances or things that, to make you think that, that we cannot be blessed. God wants to bless us. And God wants us to have things. He, he's not against us having things. He's not against us having money. This isn't don't invest and don't, and don't uh, you know, be wise and don't lay up. An, you're supposed to lay up an inheritance for your children, the Bible says. So it's not about that. It's not, that's, not, that's not bad. But what, what you do have to understand is you can have things as long as those things, can somebody finish it for me? Don't have you. Did y'all get that? Maybe you're new. And let me say that again. You can have money and you can have things as long as those things don't have you. Meaning that God, God blesses you and gives, but you know who it comes from and you know where it's going. And if he ever asks for it back, it's his anyways. When you get that kind of attitude, God can begin to do supernatural things. Let's keep reading. Here's the key. We brought nothing into this world and certainly we can take nothing out. Leave that up for a second. Think about that. So again, it's not, I'm not saying we don't leave an inheritance and we don't save and all those different things because the, 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 uh, the opposite attitude is wrong too. Well, I'm just going to live for today and, and Jesus come back today, so I'm not going to think about tomorrow. And that's, that, God's a God of balance. But where is my focus? Am I more eternally minded or am I more earthly minded? Am I, am, do I put all my emphasis and all my thoughts in what I'm doing here on this earth or do I think about what I'm doing for eternity? When we do missions, when we sow into missions and we, we give missions offerings and we give our tithes, we are thinking this is for something eternal. This isn't for something here. So I can leave an inheritance to my kids, but I can't take that inheritance to heaven. Did y'all get that? Monetarily. But I can take an eternal inheritance to heaven by what I give here on this earth. When I sow into the church and I sow into the kingdom of God, it is the best place you can invest in your life. Again, it doesn't take away from investing on things on this earth that are monetary and normal and life. But when you begin to put God first and your emphasis is more important on even that gain that you're doing for your own personal finances, when you say, God, here, here's, here's one thing God loves and the devil hates. When a man or woman says, I want to be a greater giver. Woo, you want to make the devil mad and God glad? When he hears somebody say, I want to give more so I can fund the gospel. I want, to, I want to see more churches planted. I want to see the expansion of the kingdom of God. I want to see lives changed, so I want to give more, Lord. When God sees somebody like that, the heavens open up and the devil gets mad. But how many know the devil defeated anyways? He has no power over us. He can't hurt us. He can't do anything to us. And you're going to see that more as we get into this. So he says, and having food and clothing with these, we shall be content. Now, here's, here's the key. Here's why money's spiritual. Look at verse 9. But those who desire to be rich fall into many foolish and harmful lusts. Now, as I'm reading this, when I say that, this is an attitude of richness without God. How many know you can be blessed and rich and saved? Amen? You can have much. You can have wealth. Don't, don't get it twisted. Read your Bibles. There was a lot of millionaires and billionaires and trillionaires. The richest man who ever lived is not Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos. Solomon would put them to shame. He would take their riches and burn it to, for fire. Trillionaire, beyond trillionaire. Solomon had great riches. Abraham had great riches. Lots of people, Jesus in his ministry had a treasurer. Does anybody in here, not your business, but does anybody in here have a personal treasurer? You know when you have a treasurer, you have to have money to have the treasurer hold. Jesus' in ministry had a treasurer. They had finances. So there's nothing wrong with finances and money and increase. It's when you get the riches without God. Or when you get the riches over God. Or God is less important than your money. When, you're, when your wallet's not saved. Because see what we do a lot of times. So if you're going to get bat water baptized this morning. Physically, right? In actual water. You take your wallet out, right? And you put it off to the side so it doesn't get wet. Some people when they get saved spiritually. Take their wallet out. And put it over to the side. So God can't have it. Amen. 
And God, as I asked Pastor Mario, and I thank God for all those men who were willing to give me their wallets, but I think some of them were willing because they saw that I gave it back in the first service. When you were willing to give me your wallet, that's what God's looking for. He's like, hey, can I have your stuff? And you're like, yeah, sure. And here's the thing I've learned over the years. When, you ask, when God asks you for something, what he gives back is always greater. Because he will ask you for stuff, and we're going to get to that. How many are still here? So there's a snare and a temptation, and this is where the signs of the times come in. If we're not seeing that today, that's everything that runs this world is greed. Everything that's behind everything and the signs of the times of this world today has to do with money. Money and power. Money and power. It's, it's, it causes people to do crazy things. It causes people to sell out to their families. It causes people to do perverse and wicked things. Money is, 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 is a dangerous thing if it's in the wrong hands. Okay, so let's keep reading here. So it says, in, wait, before I, foolish, harmful, drown, drown men in destruction and perdition. Okay, but watch this. Here's a verse many of you have heard. And it's one of the most misquoted verses in the Bible. For the love of money is the root of all evil. Do you see there that it, see, people misquote and they go, man, money is the root of all evil. That's what they say. Money. Have you, how many have heard that quote? Money. It, see, the people, all the people around you that are friends and all that, they, they try to quote the Bible. They just don't quote it correctly. They take out that little piece that they want to use. They say, man, money's the love. No, it didn't say money's the love of the root of all evil. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. So money's not evil. The love of money is. And when you love money more than you love God, that's your problem. That's where you can't increase. That's where you're in trouble. But when you love God more than money, then you're in good, then you're good position. Amen? That's when God can begin to do some supernatural things. So he says, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have even strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Now, this is New King James. I use most of the time New King James. But the King James Version doesn't say for the love of money is a root. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. And it says it causes some to be strayed from the faith. Money is spiritual. Amen? Money is spiritual. Now, I want you to write this down. If you didn't write it down before, I want you to say it with me again. You can have money. Say it with me. You can have money. And you can have things. As long as those things and that money don't have you. Amen. Now, let's look at Malachi chapter 3. How many would like to double your money this morning? Let me see your hand if you'd like to double. I don't care if it's a dollar or a million. Take the money, fold it up, and put it back in your wallet, and it's doubled. Amen? Just joking. Okay, so we're going to look at Malachi chapter 3. Now, I'm gonna, I had a great conversation with a new guy this morning at, at, that started coming to the church after the first service. And we were talking about this a little bit. And he, there's some myths and some erroneous preaching about, about tithes and offerings. And one of the biggest ones is, is that people will teach erroneously, that tithing and offerings is for the Old Testament. And then in the New Testament, we don't have to tithe. We don't need to do that because we're not under the law anymore. So just wipe out all that Old Testament stuff. Right? That's what they teach. But what they don't understand, and that's where the guy came to me, is like, hey, give me those verses, is in Genesis 14 and Genesis 28, Abraham and Jacob tithed, and the law wasn't even written yet. So that's erroneous teaching. Tithing was way before the law. Another problem that people have is they think because Jesus came to fulfill the law that the law is just abolished. So we don't need the Ten Commandments anymore. We don't have to worry about those things. When did Jesus change that? He didn't change it. He didn't say stop, stop you can covet now or you can kill now or you can adulterate now or you can steal now. He says if you love your neighbor more than yourself, as yourself and you love God first, you won't do any of those things. So there's a lot of wrong teaching today, and one of the biggest ones is that we don't have to tithe. And that's, that's false, and it's causing a lot of people to walk in a lot of hurt. So let's look at Malachi chapter 3, and let me say one more thing. Some people go, oh, you guys always use Malachi chapter 3. You always use that one chapter. Well, I would tell you, why do people talk about John 3.16 so much for salvation? Because it's a good verse. It's a simple verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. 
And Malachi says, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what? And what have we robbed you? And look what he says. Is it pretty clear there, right? He just went right to, the, right to the answer in tithes and offerings. Now I want to make this simple for people who are just saved. Understanding what's tithes and offerings. The Bible says that the root word of tithe is tenth. Ten percent. So God expects, and I want you to write this down if you're taking notes, if you care about this, if you want to be one of these people that in six months is giving a testimony for what God's done in your finances, like so many people in this church have done. I'm not, can anybody tell me with an amen that I'm not lying, that, I could take, that we could take the mic for two hours and hear testimonies of all the blessings of last year because people have gotten the tithe and the offering? Can I get an amen if I'm telling the truth? It's biblical principles. Write these three things down. Here's what God wants. Obedience. But obedience. But I can't obedience. I can't afford it. Write this down. You can't afford not to tithe. Obedience, number one. Faith, number two. This is a big one. Somehow, in a way, we kind of think that because we have control of the wallet, because I can touch it and hold it and I can decide if I want to go out to eat or not. I can decide if I'm going to save or not. I can decide, you know, I've got, I've got tangible control. So since I see this with my eyes, we forget that a humongous part of God's economy is faith. Do you realize what I'm saying? It's faith. It's faith when you get paid, and we're gonna, I'm breaking this down clear. When you get paid, and, and, and when you get paid, you take your income, if it's, it's, it's $100, and you take $10, and you give your tithe which is 10%. Okay, that's what the Bible says. And some of you here may have never heard a teaching like this. Some, of you, some people here are just getting saved, just don't even know. And so that's why we teach this. And so he says in your tithes and your offerings. And so 10% of what your increase is. If you make $10, you give a dollar. If you make a dollar, you give 10 cents. If you make 100, you give 10. If you make 1,000, you give 100. If you make 10,000, you give 1,000. How many would like to tithe the $1,000? Hello. Amen. But, but here's what people say. Well, I, I would definitely tie the $1,000. If I made 10000 I would tie the 1000 You're a liar. Tell the person next to you, you're a liar. Man, you like this church, don't you? Tell people that it's not about them and they're liars. You know why I say that? Because people say, if I get a million dollars, I'll definitely tithe. If you can't tithe off a dollar, you won't tithe off a hundred dollars. If you can't tithe off a hundred dollars, you will definitely not tithe off of a million. Faithful with a little. Okay? Obedience, faith, faithfulness. Three things. Obedience, faith, faithfulness. Y'all still here? So he says, what have we robbed you in tithes and offerings? I'm just going to move past this next part real fast. You're a curse with a curse. No one wants to talk about that, amen? For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. What's the storehouse? The church. The local church. The local church. Not Billy Graham Ministries, as great as Billy Graham was. You don't send your tithe to Billy Graham Ministries. That's not a storehouse. That's not a church. You don't send it to a ministry. You don't, you don't take your tithe and give it to a family member that needs help. That's not the storehouse. So what we're looking for is obedience. If you do things, watch this, you do things your way, you're going to get what you can get. If you do things God's way, you'll get what God can give you. See, this is another dimension. This is another level. We, we tend to believe that God can heal cancer, but we don't believe he can heal our finances. We tend to believe that God can save a lost soul, but he can't save our lost wallet. Amen. God wants to do something and in and, and this year of 2021, we're going to see even more that it, when the world's economy is affected, it will not affect God's economy. Okay? So he says, you, you rob me, the whole nation, bring all the tithes in the storehouse, that there may be food in my house so that I can take care of the needs of people. And he says, now, watch this. This is an amazing thing. And try me now in this. God says, I'm so serious about this that I want you to try this. But here's the problem we do. You know what people do a lot of times? I've seen it over the years. Be sitting in a message like this. And by the way, let me throw something in I forgot from the first service. Sometimes when you hear about money or tithing or finances and you kind of, if you've shut me off and you're daydreaming right now, you're, just, you're missing out on a blessing, okay? So come back down to earth and be here, amen? But I remember preaching a message, and this was already, by the way, confirmed today, totally, after the first service. 
that I heard from God to preach this message. But I remember preaching in the old building in Londonderry. And we had about 20 or 30 people at that time. And we had, whoa, sorry, Pastor Mario. <laughs> Try to fly away. Maybe I better put it in. in no, no, no. <laughs> and we, we had about 20 or 30 people. And matter of fact, one of them is right here, Jawan. I mentioned you in the first service. We had the, almost the entire track team, huh, coming to church. Fast runners. And, and I remember, and it's, it's kind of cool, Jawan's here, that I preached this message all those years ago. And I knew I was supposed to preach it. But I, you know, I came out and saw the people. And I think, man, God, they in school, they ain't got no money. Why do you want me to preach this? Because it's a principle whether you have money or don't have money. Whether you have income or don't have income. It's a principle. And I preached the message, and half the people came up to me after, and they were like, man, God spoke this to me and that to me. And some of it didn't even have to do with money. So when I preach a message from the Bible, God's shooting it 90 different ways. Can somebody amen? Don't matter what the subject is, God is speaking something to you that he's not speaking to somebody else over there and vice versa. The word of God doesn't come back void. And so we get to this place where God says, try me. So if people will, will hear a message like this, it's almost like what we want a lot of times is that get quick, get rich quick thing. Everything we want in life is quick. Am I the only one? Like if I start going to the gym, I'm the one that goes to the mirror the first day. I'm like, you look better already. Does he, you know, you're like, because I need some motivation, right? I'm that guy that will wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and watch that thing and buy the ab thing that they're selling because I can get abs fast. I'm not, I'm not the only one in here. We want, I, I'm that guy that hears the thing, you know, that you can make a million dollars off of two cents if you just put it right here real fast. And, you know, that's, that's the way we are. We're, we want everything now. So people hear a message like this, and because there is a spiritual aspect to it, they'll go, it says test me, and next week they'll tithe. But then they won't tithe the next check. So they want to test him, but they want to test him once. And they want the get, get rich quick thing. But here's the promise. You begin to start tithing and you begin to start being faithful and obedient with faith and God will do miracles. Did you catch all that? Now, all across this place, I know some of your testimonies. I know you've, to you've told me things. I know some of you where you're at. Some of you are all at different places. And some of you are learning. And some of you are now like, yes, I know this. And others are just hearing it for the first time. But it's amazing that God would say the love of money is the root of all evil. So lo not loving money can fix a lot. Loving God first. Rule number one, never put God number two. Amen? So he says, test me. And watch what he says. And see that I will not open for you the windows of heaven. Now this ought to get somebody excited. And pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be enough room to even receive it. Has anybody seen God do that in your life where there's not even enough room to receive it? This isn't a get-rich-quick thing. It's not, it's not hype. It's God's Word. He spoke these words. We didn't make this up. I'm just speaking His Word. And He says, test me in this and see that I won't open the floodgates of heaven. And then, here's another really cool thing, one of the most important things. And He says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. You know what that means? That means that he will hold back the enemy from stealing your goods. See, here's a, here's, a, here's a fact. Stay with me on this. Some people can be very wealthy in the sense of income and very poor in the sense of everything else. I've seen people over the years that could not grasp this, this faith thing of tithe and would not get in God's economy, and they made more. In Costa Rica, we had a guy that made more money than anybody else in the church, and he was always broke. Always broke. And I'd sit him down in my office. And some people, you just can't, you can't help them. You can try. But some people just don't want to be helped. you got to start tithing. you got to start tithing. This is why make more money, ten times more money than some people. Yet these other people who didn't make very much money 
were buying houses and getting clothes and prospering and doing well because they understood the concept of obedience and faith and faithfulness. We had a lady one time in Costa Rica, because I've always taught these things. I try to do it every three months. I try to preach a message on this. Now, someone gets up at offering and says a verse and all that, but we preach this because it's a godly principle. We had a lady in, in Costa Rica walking down the road and found a bag with $2,000 in it. And $2,000 in Costa Rica in that place we worked at is like $200,000. Woo, you should have seen how happy she was when she came to church to, to tithe on that thing. Can you imagine finding a bag with $2,000, teenagers? But no temptation to tithe. Right? See, that's not an option. Some people would find the bag and be like, oh, thank you, Lord. And then that same $2,000 will go right through that, that hole into another hole. Amen? You got to tithe off it because it's increase. Are y'all still here? So he'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. So this means you are going to have flat tires. You are going to have your pups, pipes bust from Antarctica coming into Texas. You are going to have some flooding in your house sometimes. You are going to have some struggles. Sometimes you will lose a job. Sometimes that person won't say yes. Some, you're going to have some problems. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But God rebukes the devourer for your sake and holds back what the devil can really do. If he wants to, because he's the Lord of this earth. He's the prince of the air. And then when that tire is flat and when that refrigerator breaks down and when the house floods, God will bring all the increase you need. He'll give it back to you. He'll give you the money to fix it. He'll put awesome people in the church that will show up at your house at 2 o'clock in the morning and get the water out of your house. He'll provide. And then you'll go like one couple in our church from they, they, they get to do the whole bottom of the house new. It was ugly when it was flooded, but now they get to pick the colors and the floor and the wood and everything, and then the insurance paying for it. God will take, a, take those lemons and make lemonade, lemonade out of it. He'll rebuke the devourer. And he says, all, he says and this is, this is a word for us this morning. Listen, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field. When the economy is bad in the United States, that doesn't affect the economy of Victory World Outreach. Because it was, the grass will still grow. Have you ever been walking down the street and saw a piece of grass come through the cement? Has anybody else scratched your head on that? How in the world did that grass make it through the cement? That's God's people coming through all kinds of hardship, coming through all kinds of problems. We will flourish. We will be green grass. And it will, it will be rivers in the desert because we're in God's economy. And he is going to open up the floodgates of heaven upon this church this year, I'm telling you, more than we've ever seen before. So you better get into it. Amen? 3 John verse 2, I'm closing. I'm finishing up here. Watch this. Here, here's, here's another key verse like Matthew 6.33. It all comes down to this. Attitude is everything. Pick a good one. He says, Beloved, I pray that you would prosper. You mean God wants me to prosper? Yes. But there's an asterisk to it, because there's always an asterisk. But it's not anything on his side, it's on our side. He says, I want you to prosper, but as, and he says, in, in all things and in health. By the way, does anybody in here realize that health is the greatest prosperity you can have? Does anybody realize that? You, you go ahead and, 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 and have a million dollars in the bank and have cancer, and you tell me which one you want. Because that guy, Steve Jobs, had all the money in the world and died of cancer. He would have sold everything he had to be able to get cancer out and live more. So health, young people especially, is a very big asset. But we've got to take care of our bodies. Come on, at least one amen. Good Lord. We've got to take care of our bodies. Okay. I want you to prosper just as your soul prospers. So he says, when God's number one, I'll prosper you. Put God number two, not going to go too well. But God will test us. As we can test God, God will test us. He will, he will see where our hearts are at. He'll allow things to go and happen and take place in our lives to test us to see if we'll be faithful. Okay? Okay?
I'm getting somewhere with this. The rich young ruler, to read this very fast, Luke 18, for your, for your notes, verse 18. It says, a certain ruler asked him, teacher, what, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? I believe he was being honest and sincere. And Jesus said, why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. He says, you know the commandments. Don't commit adultery, don't murder, don't steal, don't bear false witness. Honor your mother and father. And so the guy says, I got this. I've, I've been doing that my whole life. I, yeah, I got that. And so then Jesus says, I, I need to go ahead and hit you right on the nerve. Let me, let, me, let me get to the real situation here. He says, okay, then when he heard these things, he says, you still lack one thing. And, and listen, I'm going to say something real quick. I didn't say in the first. So this is very important. A lot of people don't understand this. You don't have to be rich to have, a, to have greed. You, you hear me? It's not, poor people can be greedy too. It's not, greed, greed is not about an amount. It's about the heart. And so he says, you lack this one thing. So, so sometimes when we read that, that this is a person who has you know, money, we think, oh, that's them. That's that rich person. Poor people, middle class people, all kinds of people can have greed and can love money. And he says, you still lack one thing. Go sell all that you have. Give me your wallet, pass tomorrow, and then I'm going to distribute this to the poor, and, have, and you'll have treasure in heaven. <laughs> and then come follow me. Amen? So he says, go do that. And then the guy, watch what it says, happened. He was real sad. Why? Because he had a lot of money. And he had a lot. See, God did not want, Jesus did not really want his money. He wanted what I just said a few minutes ago, which is called obedience. I believe that in the moment that he would have said, yes, sir, I'll meet you back here tomorrow. I'm going to sell everything right now. I believe that as he began to walk away to go sell those things, Jesus would have said, stop. Just like he did with Abraham when Abraham was going to bring the sacrifice down. He never wanted Abraham's son to die. He wanted to see if Abraham would be obedient. Every time you pay tithes, every time you pay your offerings, every time you obey God, you are pulling up the sacrifice and God is saying, are you willing to obey me? Are you willing to be faithful? And as we go down with that to put the tithe down, says, God, I don't need that in the first place. I got this. He told that guy, don't worry about selling anything. I don't need your money anyways. God doesn't need our money. He needs our obedience. Do you understand that? So because we have control of our money, a lot of times we forget it still takes faith. And I want to close with this. Last thing, last verse. Proverbs chapter 3. Here's the key. This was a revelation, I believe, to some people last year. People who even were tithers, who were faithful in their giving. This was a revelation. It says, honor the Lord. How many know honor is important? Honor the Lord with your possessions. And here's the key. And with the leftovers. So basically what he's saying is, I want your tithe, but I don't really care when you give it to me as long as I get it. Wouldn't it be nice if you got your electric bill from TXU this month and you could just write back and say, you know what, you sent me a bill for 200 but I think I should pay 20 Wouldn't that be awesome if they said, okay, cool. Wouldn't that be nice? You know, my mortgage came this month, and I, I really don't want to pay that. I, I, I feel like I feel led of, of this, my flesh to give 100 They're going, oh, yeah, cool. You know, it's funny how that doesn't work and fly with all the things we buy in our lives, but we seem somehow to think we can do that with God. Amen? But see, there's a principle because here, here's the thing a lot of people do, too. They get to work. They understand, okay, I need to tithe. But we are complacent people. And so we say, I'm a tither. When we go, you, how many are tithers here? We're not doing that to see what the net worth of our church is. We're trying to do that to get you to understand that a tither is somebody who's in covenant with God. And has God number one. But people will say, I'm a tither. And then when they go to pay their tithes, they get paid on a Friday morning. And when they get paid, what happens to me a, a lot of times is that that account's in the red already. Before you get paid. Some bill went through or... I know that never, ha no, it never happens to anybody else, but the bill went through before the money went through, and it's in the red, and you got the overdraft fee, and you got the fees, and the fees, and the fees, and all that. I know that never happens to anybody else but me, but how many know it can get tight sometimes? And so you have every intention to pay your tithes, 
but that bill came through. Or you got to pay the mortgage. And so you go, I'm, I'm going to tithe, but then you pay your mortgage. And then I'm going to tithe, but I got to pay the car payment. I'm going to tithe, but got to pay insurance. And then by the time the month's over, you haven't tithed. And so then you're in that place where there's no rebuking of the devourer anymore. And so now you're wondering, man, I'm a tither. And God's like, you say you're a tither. Oh, come on now. You say you're a tither, but you haven't given it. And so the key is first fruits. He says, let's read it again now. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of whatever increase you feel right. All your increase. So what that means is I get paid $100 on Friday morning and I take my text to give and I pay my tithes first. Because church, I would rather be wrong with my mortgage company and I would rather be wrong with the electric company and I would rather be wrong with the, with the social security company agent. I would rather be wrong with the hospital. I'd rather be wrong with the gas tank than to be wrong with God. Amen? So I'm paying him first. And it's not because he needs it. It's because he wants obedience. It's a revelation for some people. And then he says, so your barns will be filled with plenty. And your vats will overflow with new wine. And the, and the uh, Passion Translation says, then every dimension of your life will overflow with blessings. From an uncontainable source of inner joy. See, when I pay my tithes, I don't have to worry about anything else because if it doesn't come through, that's on God. Can I come over and tell this side that? When I pay my tithes and I let, my go, and I let it go, then whatever happens is on God because I did my part. But if I don't pay my tithes and I go do my things, God's like, I can't help you because I'm a God of covenant. I'm a God of my word. So first fruits is a revelation Get paid, pay your tithes. And then, and then, and then, I don't have time to get into this this morning, but then, I got it in the first service, then you start learning what it is to be a person of offering. But I don't want to hit you to it too much at one time. That means where you start giving from your money, not God's money. Some people in here, and there's nothing wrong with it, you're starting. I used to do it. Some people put your tithe, your tithe is $17.27. Not 17, 20, 50, or 18 dollars, or I mean, it's to the, and that's okay. That's where you're at. But you'll get to a place where you put 20, 30, offering, missions comes, you look at your wife, say, How much are we going to give? 100, okay. Next time, 250, 500, 50, whatever. You start, you start, I don't, we don't really, we, 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 we instead of going out to eat, we're going to give to missions this month. And you start getting to a place where you start giving like that. And there's some people in this church like that this morning. There's some people in here that your desire is to be a sender. I, and I said this in the first service, church, it's coming. You, you who are here that have a desire to be a sender, that money's coming. You keep being faithful with the little things and watch what God does. Amen. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes this morning. We don't have our regular musicians, so we're just going to finish like this but it says in Matthew chapter 6 19 don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal what he's saying there is there's an eternal bank account all over this place this morning as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed God is 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 dealing with you this morning on an issue that is very spiritual it's money and if the Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil, then that means that if I can get control over the love of money, I, I'm, I'm going to see God do some amazing things. Give your wallet to God this morning. Give your increase to God this morning. Give your things to God this morning. Say, God, they're not mine, they're yours. And the most important thing before anything financially or physical that we can give God is God wants our soul. He wants our heart. How many in this place with your heads bowed and eyes closed would say, you know what? I don't know Jesus Christ this morning as my Lord and Savior. Young person, older person, middle-aged person, you don't know Jesus. 
the greatest gift ever given, the gift of salvation. God gave his best. Today, don't be like that rich young ruler who chose money over eternal life. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that you can say, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins so that I can be saved. I am the richest person in this world because of Jesus. Has nothing to do with finances or things or possessions. My name's in the Lamb's book of life this morning. And your name can be there too. If it's not this morning, would you lift up your hand and say, Pastor, pray with me this morning. I want my name to be in the book of life. Just lift it up and put it right back down and say, that's me. Would you remember me this morning? All across this place, God sees your heart. God knows your heart. He knows your soul. He knows what you're going through. He knows if you're saved this morning. And if you're not, he's dealing with you. He's knocking on the door of your heart saying, give me lordship of your life. How many here would say, I believe. I believe with all my heart. But today you're not living the life God has asked you to live. You're not surrendered the way God wants you to surrender. You're not all in like God wants you to be in. This is not a message of con- There's never a message of condemnation. I feel led to say this to somebody this morning. God's word does not condemn. It convicts. The only condemnation comes from the devil. Because the Romans says that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you're feeling condemned by this message or another message, it's not God, it's the devil. Don't listen to the devil. He's a liar. He's the father of all lies. He's the accuser of the brethren, the Bible says. So don't listen to him. Listen to God. God says, I have bought you with a price, and you may have made some mistakes, but my grace is sufficient for you this morning, and if you'll just repent and confess that to me this morning, I'll make it all right right now. Let's stand to our feet this morning. I'm going to pray for you in a moment here for your finances. I'm going to pray at the end of the service, but I want to open up the altar for you to do some business with God. Everybody's at different places. Some people are making the decision today, I need to start being a tither. Some are making the decision, I need to start doing first fruits. Some people are saying, you know what, I've been given, but I want to give more. Some people, everybody's at different places. Everybody's at different places. It's between you and God this morning. But all I can tell you is that God's a God of covenant. I can tell you that God can do more in your life than you can even imagine. If you're here and you're thinking, I can't prosper, this is just the way I am, that's a lie of the devil. God wants to prosper you. He said, I wish that you'd prosper in all things and in your health as your soul prospers. That means as I begin to make decisions that line up with God's word. Amen? You're all at different places. Whatever the Holy Spirit spoke to you this morning, let's pray. Let's deal with God. Let's ask God to talk to us and show us and fix us and and mend us this morning. And I have a quote that's really powerful. It says, if you want to feel rich, count the things you have that money cannot buy. Amen? Amen. Let's open the altars this morning. Come find a place to pray. Pray at your seat. But let's just take a few minutes to let this message resonate in our spirits this morning.